Hello, and welcome to an episode of the Mindfulness for the Masses podcast series, the show that teaches you how to become the best version of yourself through yoga. I'm your host, Madison Fairchild. Do you want to learn how to live a good and balanced life? Well, then you came to the right place. Today, we will explore what yoga is, the history behind yoga, talk about mindfulness, learn common strategies, discuss the link between happiness and social interaction, and discover how to take care of our mental health. Of course, we should first learn what yoga means. Yoga is the union of the self, mind, body, and heart, and is a practice that involves deep breathing, flexibility, and strength to improve well-being. It is composed of physical, mental, and spiritual disciplines. Now we should talk about the problem of diversity in yoga. Usually when people hear the word yoga, they picture skinny and flexible white girls bending and twisting in all sorts of ways. So they believe that if you don't fit into that category, then yoga isn't for you. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not true. Yoga is for everyone. All body types, races, ethnicities, genders, and abilities are welcomed. Everybody can benefit from yoga, so don't let your ideas of what you think someone who does yoga should look like stop you from practicing it, and just do it. Let's learn about yoga's history. It was developed in ancient India thousands of years ago, and is now being practiced in many countries around the world. Its history is divided into five main time periods. In the Vedic period, the word yoga first appeared in the oldest religious text of the Hindus, called Rig Veda. The Vedas are a set of four sacred texts that include a collection of hymns and mantras. Next, during the pre-classical period, yoga was refined and developed by the Brahmins and Rishis, who were sages that documented their practices and beliefs in the Upanishads a huge work of ancient texts containing over 200 scriptures. Then, in the classical stage, the physical aspect of yoga was developed. Yoga evolved from meditation to postures, which led to the creation of the eight limbs of yoga. These eight steps act as guidelines on how to live a meaningful and purposeful life. Then, during the post-classical period, yoga became popular as it spread around the world. Yoga of postures was renamed Hatha Yoga, which is the physical aspect of it, consisting of poses, relaxation, breathing, and cleansing techniques. There are many benefits to Hatha Yoga, both physically and mentally, such as improving lung capacity, lowering blood pressure, and increasing self-awareness. Finally, that brings us to modern yoga when gurus began to travel to the West and teach the practice of yoga. Let's discuss how we can be more mindful human beings. Mindfulness is a state of being aware of the present moment while acknowledging and accepting one's feelings and thoughts. By honoring the rules of the yamas and niyamas, you will be led to live a mindful and morally right life on and off the mat. The yamas teach us social restraint and how to act towards others and ourselves. For example, ahimsa means non-harming, both physically and emotionally. 
You can practice this yama by being more kind, accepting, and forgiving of yourself and others. The niyamas are habits for healthy living and spiritual existence, as well as tools for fostering happiness and self-confidence. One of the niyamas is tapas, which means self-discipline. A good method to improve self-discipline is by fostering gratitude. Grateful people tend to have more self-control because feeling thankful makes people more patient for gratification. So they will wait to receive a more valuable reward in the future. Another way to be more mindful is to keep a journal. Journaling helps track your daily symptoms so that you can recognize your triggers and learn ways to better control them. Having a journal can also improve your mood by helping you to notice negative thoughts, behaviors, and promotes the use of positive self-taught. Here are some common strategies for meditation. Meditation is a practice of using a set of techniques to train awareness and achieve a state of complete calmness. First, the practice of pranayama, paying attention to and controlling the breath, can be used to relax and focus the mind. Also, you can improve your mood by controlling your breath rate because emotion changes in response to breath. There are many different breathing techniques that you can use to help you feel calm, like the same action breath. To perform it, inhale for the same count as you do for your exhale. The purpose of this breath is to calm the mind, create a sense of balance and stability, and reduce stress. Another technique for meditation is to practice a mantra, which is a word, sound, or phrase that is repeated to oneself to help concentrate, relax, and build self-esteem. To create your mantra, set an intention for how you would like to feel, and when coming up with your mantra, try to make it positive. For example, if your goal is to feel less anxious when coming up with a mantra, you could use the phrase, I am calm, rather than saying, I'm not anxious. It is more effective to talk in a positive way than negative because of a thing called negativity bias. This is an evolutionary gene that we inherited from our ancestors for survival and is also the reason why we tend to remember negative events or experiences more than positive ones. Lastly, you can meditate using a mudra a sacred and symbolic hand and figure gesture. They are used to channel the flow of prana or vital life force and achieve your set goal. They work by making connections in the nervous system and stimulating specific energy pathways based on the positions of the hand and fingers. Did you know that social interaction is a predictor of our happiness? According to a study by Ed Diener and Marty Sullivan, the happiest people are the ones who are more socially active. Shy people often think that they would be happier being by themselves, but this is not the case. Spending time with other people makes both extroverts and introverts happy. So it is important for your mental health that you socialize with others. Social interaction is also good for building self-esteem. It may come as a surprise to you, but vulnerability and self-esteem are not opposites. They are related. So if you want to build self-confidence and be happy with yourself, you have to not be afraid to be vulnerable. 
You can do this by meeting new people or talking with those you already know. Not socializing with others is a problem with today's society because phone use is causing us to be less social and therefore is harming our happiness. We are spending less time with each other and more time with our phones. To help fix this problem, follow the three W's. What are you using your phone for? Why are you using it now? What else could you be doing instead? Here are some tips to help you control your phone use. Don't bring your phone with you when you don't need it because sometimes just having it near you can be distracting. But if you can't be without your phone, then just turn off your notifications. Other tips include turning up the grayscale so you don't get drawn in by those red notifications. Only putting tools on your homepage and deleting the most distracting apps. Finally, let's learn how to look after our mental well-being. The Healthy Mind Platter can help us with this. It consists of seven daily mental activities that are necessary for improving mental health. One of these activities includes sleep time. Having time for sleep is important for our cognitive health because it is a great way to improve neuroplasticity. This is the ability of the brain to adapt to changes in the environment by forming and reorganizing neural connections. Having a good night's sleep after learning something new strengthens network connections and improves mental performance. This is because when we sleep, the hippocampus, a structure located in the temporal lobe for learning and memory, is activated. So if you have an important work presentation to prepare for, then I wouldn't recommend staying up all night practicing, because then all your hard work will be for nothing in the morning. Most people actually don't realize they are not getting enough sleep. For adults, an average of 8 hours a night is recommended. If you aren't sleeping enough, then you may experience these effects of sleep deprivation. Irritability, hallucinations, tremors, and impaired moral judgment. By following the mind platter, you can help reduce anxiety so you are not always living in the sympathetic nervous system. This nervous system triggers the body's fight-flight-freeze response when you are in danger or perceived danger. It prepares the body to defend itself by providing energy so it can respond to the danger. Here are some anxiety-reducing techniques from the mind platter that you could use. Meditative breathing, laughter, social connection, listening to your biorhythms, exercise, and monotasking. Using these techniques should help activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the rest and digest response that calms down the body after the danger has passed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Mindfulness for the Masses podcast. I hope that this episode has been both educational and helpful, and that you will incorporate these teachings into your own life to be more mindful, feel calmer and happier, and have an improved mental health. Namaste.